Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. We're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome and hello to anyone listening to this podcast, the Mold Matters Podcast, coming to you for the very first time live. Um, we're going we're gonna to try and uh, do these podcasts live from now on, so you can tune in real time, which also means, Mike, we can't make any mistakes and then go back and edit them. So. No, a lot of, lot of pressure. A lot, lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. So you can't, you can't say anything that's wrong. No. Actually, I don't, but it's nice knowing you can edit it later, but I don't think we've had to edit later anything yet, have we? No. Well, I, I don't know. No. I actually don't know. Does that. I should not have said no. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Anyway, we can, maybe we can edit that part. <laughs> yeah, no, we can. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, everybody. Um, coming to you from Leighton, Utah. We're, uh, it's been a few weeks since we've done a podcast about mold, uh, not because we haven't wanted to and not because we don't have plenty of topics to talk about, but mostly just got kind of busy in the last little while. So glad to be coming coming to you guys. Any, any introductory comments from you, Mike? No, no, other than, uh, like you say, we've been real busy um, trying to help people out if we can. No mold jokes so or anything? I don't have any mold jokes. They'll come as no, we, they, yeah. things we talk. They you, present themselves. If you find a good spot, please oh, I will. insert it. Yeah, I can't. It's in my DNA. I can't help that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so today, we, we actually talked about this last podcast. And this can hopefully hopefully be a resource to anybody, even a, a, a customer of Pure Maintenance or any customer, I shouldn't say of that, but a yeah. customer of any uh, any mold company, any anyone who's interested in uh, mold in general and, and how to how to understand how mold um, influences our lives. We wanted to talk about air testing once again. We we did a podcast once upon a time about interpreting or. Uh, Air T- testing or types of testing, types yeah. of mold testing. Yeah. So today we'd actually like to talk about how to interpret a mold test report because um, I can't I can't tell you how many times I I send a, a customer a, an air test report and we actually always include explanation. Right. And we call them and explain it. But but if there's some reason I didn't have a chance to explain it to them and they get one of these in the mail or in their email box. They are wondering what the heck what is going the on What the heck? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, guys. <laughs> Thanks for a list of mold. And, so I, I wanted to throw in something. I want to preface this conversation with something that we've told people for years, and that is that a air quality test is just a tool. Um, it's not a definitive um, answer to anything that's going on in your home. It's just a tool and to figure out what's going on in your home relative to mold. It takes a lot of things besides just pulling 75 liters of air um, into a cassette and sending that to, to the lab. So I just want to make sure you understand that it's, it's, it's a tool and it's an okay tool, but there's nothing definitive about an air quality test. And I think that'll come out as we, yeah. as we go over some of these air tests because uh, I think we'll see that you know, knowing other information is going to be absolutely crucial to knowing is this an, a serious issue or not, right? Right. That's that's almost more important information than what we get here. But right. 
so this is kind of a, a unique, a unique uh, a podcast in the sense that we're actually just going to, instead of talking about you know what it, what an air quality test could look like or does look like, we just ha- we actually just printed out maybe four or five just random tests, random ones yeah. from the last month that we've done here in Utah, and so we're going to just kind of go over an air quality test in general and uh, kind of help anyone who's interested understand how to interpret these for their own lives or um, in their own practices. And I will say this too, Mike, you go online or you talk to other mold remediation companies, mm-hmm. the the way they inter- the, the way people interpret these has a huge range. I mean, I, didn't you tell me someone... Yeah, there's a company out there that we know of that on their clearance test, so their post-remediation test, if their overall count is within five times what the outside test is, they consider that successful remediation. Yeah, that's that's the staggering. That's yeah. pretty staggering. And, and I'm not. I mean, I think in our company in general, we're much more strict with how we see so many health problems that we're probably erring more on the safe side of like, okay, you need these numbers way, 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 way low. If, especially if you've got a sensitivity yeah. and you've got some issues, we're not going to just say, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you're one or two times the outdoor air. You're good. Right. We're going to have a much, a much higher standard. So why don't we get to it, Mike? You want to just grab yeah. one of these and kind of yeah. tell us, tell us what you're saying. I should on. shuffle them. Yeah, shuffle, shuffle them. them. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to <laughs> <laughs> double blind, double right. blame. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this test is a, uh, we actually have a before tr- uh, remediation result and an after remediation result but um, maybe we should talk about this the things that we look for on tests so the things that we look for on tests are obviously the overall count that's all the molds combined Um, we like that to be down below five or six hundred in a home Um, so we look at overall counts we look at what we call marker molds which are stacky Dicubotrys and Catomium, and we really have zero tolerance for those molds. And then we look at uh, hypho fragments. Hypho fragments are simply the the uh, if you picture the mold sporing. And um, oh, I use the example of pretend it's a like a dandelion when your little kids used to blow the little white things off the dandelion. Well, the think of the the hyphae or the hypho fragment as the stem of that dandelion. So um, if you have hypho fragments, it is generally an indicator that you've got mold growth in the home. And somewhere in the home, mold is growing, sporing, and little hyphae are breaking off and becoming airborne. Mm-hmm. So those are the things we look at. Um, probably the most important is the marker mold aspect. But sometimes just an overall count jumps out at you. Like, wow, something something going on in there. So in this case, um, they had 53 basidio spores per cubic meter, and they had 14,000 cladosporium per cubic meter. See, again, if I didn't know anything about mold and I looked at that, it'd be like, is that good or bad or what? Good yeah, or bad. that's I mean, yeah, that's not great. 18,000 or yeah, it's not great. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of mold in your home. So overall, and then they have some others which they don't categorize, but. Um, about 110 per cubic meter and so they're saying you've got about 14,000 
mold spores for every cubic meter in your home, which is really high. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do something a little unorthodox. Okay. I'm just going to hold this up against, you know, for all those watching, hold this up against the uh, camera so you can kind of see what we've got there. I mean, different companies, I should hold this microphone, different companies have different, um, you know, reports. They look differently, but you'll generally have um, two columns. Almost every report I've seen has two columns. One is the raw count, tells you how many spores we actually captured in the air sample. And then the, like Mike was saying, the per cubic meter. Can you explain the per cubic meter, Mike? What is that? What does that mean? Not very well, <coughs> but it's it's a uh, it's a logarithm logarithm algorithm algorithm. It's a mathematical formula they use. Um, so if they see uh, say for example one and this one was let's see, use the cladosporium for example they see a hundred and hundred and five raw cladosporium spores on that tiny little selection of that slide that they're looking at uh -huh. they have a way mathematically of of calculating okay if we saw that many on that s portion of that slide then we're going to times that out and give you an estimated count of you probably have this many pure cubic meter in the in the volume of your home. Mm -hmm. So you think about a cubic meter, you know, it's not that big of a volume. And to think you've got 14,000 in every cubic meter of that home, that's significant. That's significant. So. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned earlier, you, you generally want to see that down, well, the total count, not just cladosporium, right. but if you total all the molds on an air test, you want to see that down closer in the five, 600 range, yeah. right? Yeah. Regardless, uh, this comes up a lot, regardless of what's going on outside. Yeah. Um, if if uh, you know, I've seen some people say, "Well, I've got you know five thousand, for example, aspergillus outside. So as long as I'm under five thousand inside, I should be good, right?" Well, I don't necessarily agree with that at all. Yeah. Uh, your house is you've got filtered air. Um, it should be cleaner than what the outside air is. Yeah, we were just having this conversation before this, Mike, because it's it's. It, you know, I'll have to, from an inspector, home inspector who does yeah. mold testing just as a part of his business, it's not his focus, but he'll take mm -hmm. an air sample and he'll see, oh, you had, you had three cladosporium outside and you have four inside, your house is in trouble and it's not necessarily in trouble. Right. It's one yeah. more, or, uh, you know, on the reverse, you know, oh, outside, you know, you had counts of four or 5,000. Right. And you're only at three thousand five hundred. You should be okay by his wisdom. Yeah, yeah, by that by that logic. But right. And I think I don't know where you where you kind of come up with your numbers from. But would you say it's largely from from just seeing the health of people or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Is that where you're getting your five six hundred from? Yeah, I I just over the years I've just learned that you know anything over that count. Um, and again, it it goes back to this thing is a tool. Yeah. It, it's. Yeah, if if somebody has a say for example they have no marker molds and they have a thousand overall count, do we recommend f um, treatment or do we not recommend treatment? Well, that again is just just a tool. If everybody in the home feels perfectly fine, there's no smell that they can detect. Um, no visible mold. No visible mold. Um, it's probably just fine. It's a, it's a decision the customer can make. Um, it's not our decision to make for them, but. But if you have someone who is um, 
then to see a healthcare practitioner, the practitioner believes that they have mold toxicity problems, and you get a 800 or 900 count, that enough that is enough information for me to recommend that we probably treat the home. Yeah, especially because, like, that's why you emphasize the kind of unreliability in, in some sense of yeah. these, because, yeah. you know, if, if they're getting sick at an 800, we, we, there's probably something going on that yeah. we, need to, we need to bring it down. Actually, yeah. grab this other one, because okay. this is one that I think was helpful right here, <coughs> that you were... You know, that was the same thing where you were telling me, we probably need to know something about the family. Right. So this Talk one, about it. yeah, so this one, uh, we tested three different places, the basement, upstairs, and on the main floor. Um, the overall counts were were pretty good. Um, basement had an overall count of 370. Upstairs, 270. Main floor, 550. Um, basement and upstairs, no marker molds. Very few hyphal fragments, actually no hyphal fragments, which is very unusual. Yeah. Um, the only red flag on this entire report is stachybotrys, one stachybotrys. Um, and this is appears. a question. Yeah. Just one, though. Just know, one. Just one stachybotrys. Just one, and we sent that one to the lab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So, again, it's... You know, you get back to, well, that's a zero, what we consider a zero-tolerance mold, but the argument could be, well, seriously, one, one mold spore. Well, that's where, again, this becomes the conversation of, well, what's going on with your family? Is somebody sick? Is somebody, you know, as a healthcare care pr- uh, practitioner suggested that you might have mold problems? Um, that, along with um, one stacky, even as insignificant as that seems, in my mind, is enough to consider remediation. Well, can I can I tell you the background of that that yeah. air test now? Because I took that air test, and I showed up an hour early, and it was a rental house. Because I was an hour early, they weren't there, didn't answer. So, I decided to go over to um, go get some lunch mm-hmm. um, at a local Thai restaurant. I go to this Thai restaurant, and I see my old friend. Who actually used to live in that very house that I was going to do oh, really? this uh, air sample at? And I talked to him, and he—I ha- I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do a mold inspection at this house that you used to live in." <laughs> we figured that out, and he's like, "Oh yeah, when I lived there a few years ago, we had a big flood upstairs, and it kind of poured over, even got down into the basement eventually." He's like, "He's like, from, from, from what I remember, we had some guys come in and, and take care of it, yeah. but." That was the first part of my investigation, right? Right. Like, that's yeah. going into how I'm going to look at this air test. Yeah. And then I get to the house, and the renter, he's like, ever since I've moved in here, I got sinus issues. Yeah. So, to your point, one stacky and relatively low numbers, but then, oh, you had a flood a couple years ago. Oh, this guy, as soon as he moved in, he's having right. symptoms. And, and his doctor, I think, suggested him, you know, to check out a mold yeah. problem at the house. Right. So, all of a sudden, that goes from, like, uh, bubble to I think we ought to right. treat. Right? Yeah, yep. That just shows how important that ancillary yeah. information is. And this this really is an unusual test. I didn't notice this before the the podcast, but to have zero hyphal fragments is is really unusual. But hmm. especially on all three levels. Yeah, that is that is unusual. Okay. Should we go to another one? So I've done pretty much all these. These these are ones I did. So I have backstory if you want on any of these. But this one, 
is a is a young couple who had uh, was having lo- the the baby eight months old was having lots of um, problems that the doctors couldn't figure out. And she was having breathing problems herself, and so I took four tests. Okay. That's kind of the backdrop here. That might help us understand what's going on in these tests. Okay. Is okay. Is this the one? Is that the right one? It's all four of these. Oh wait, no. Oh, I got a. We shall. We should have shuffled. Should oh, not have no. shuffled. We shuffled. Yeah. These four. Okay. These. Oh yeah. So master bedroom. Um, the big red flag is not only the overall count being 1900, but catomium, which is a marker mold, 590. That's that's serious stuff. Yeah. Um, the baby's bedroom, catomium 160, overall 1300. The um, bathroom. Again, has ketomium, which I would suspect if there's any ketomium in the house at all, it's also going to be in the bathroom because that's where the moisture is. Um, 170, and then in the living room, listen to this, 98,000 ketomium per cubic meter. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this, these, these guys need remediation. Yeah, and, and, and I will report we remediated, and I called a few days later, and she's like, the baby they're still figuring out. She's like, I can breathe so much better oh, like, instantly. Great. I will say too, a little background. I mean, when there's ketomium, there has to be some kind of water damage. Am I wrong? Uh, uh, Historically. Ninety-five percent of the time, yeah. There's going to yeah. be water damage. At least yeah. that to that level. There has yeah, to be absolutely some kind of water. That's what the mar- isn't that kind yeah. of what the marker molds are saying? Yeah, yeah. These are not molds that typically you find in great yeah. abundance outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not just floating in your window when you right. open it. I mean, these are these are mold spores that are associated with with yeah. water damage, and and again, part of my interview in the you know, these were just my tool. When I interviewed them, they said our window wells flood have flooded dozens of times when it comes into the house. Yeah. You know, we try to sop it up and, yeah. and uh, mop it up and air it out as well as we can. But you know, I again, I kind of pieced together all those pieces of information and then. In this case, I feel like the air test was just sealing the deal, basically. Yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't. I don't even know if I needed that, but that just confirmed right. that. That is some crazy high numbers. Well, and, you know, the other thing, we talked about this on other podcasts, but one of the inherent problems with uh, air quality tests is that mold is not always sporting. And so um, when you take a test, hopefully to get a real accurate um, reflection of what's going on in the home, you want that mold to be sporing so that we yeah. can capture that in the air um, and be able to give a, a fairly accurate assessment of what's going on in the home. But um, my point is I've been in homes where I can I can see the mold growing on the walls in the bathroom or in the kitchen mm-hmm. and the test comes back fairly clean. And it's because that mold is very comfortable. It's getting all the moisture it needs. It's getting all the food it needs. It's not stressed. It doesn't feel threatened. And so it's growing it's emitting mycotoxins but it's not sporing and so that's the that's one of the dangers of relying on these tests too much yeah so i think those are some good examples yeah Um, to do a couple more yeah let's do that wow let's do that that yeah so this one um was a before treatment test um again no high folds maybe that's not as unusual as i thought it was it's been a while since i I did a lot of the day-to-day stuff in this, but yeah. um, I get no hypho fragments here, but um, penicillium aspergillus, 430,000 count. So um, do you remember the backstory on this house? 
Yeah, it's from the 1950. The backstory there is. Oh, you've got 1953. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it had a smell, and it had been vacant for a little while. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and there was some visible mold on the wall and things. And I just, you know, as you, as you and I have been talking, those older homes are often just just really moldy as far as air quality goes, and I just I just knew that that was going to be high, but not that yeah. high. And again, penicillium aspergillus is not considered a marker mold. No, but there's certain strains of penicillium that are, or aspergillus, that are they're pretty toxic. Pretty toxic. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not something you want to fool with. Yeah. So. So definitely a recommended treatment there, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then let's do the last one real quick. Um, this was a before remediation yeah. upstairs bathroom, 590, no marker molds. Um, downstairs bathroom, well, let's go downstairs bedroom, 1300. Again, no marker molds. That one had some marker molds. Oh, did it? Oh, it did, yeah. In the, in the downstairs, yep. 230 uh, ketomium. And then the uh, downstairs bathroom, 3,600 overall count. Yeah, and again, I, I've been putting the dates on these. 1951. Yeah. That's and cool. I'm glad you're doing that. That's yeah. I'm yeah. starting to track uh, the years of, of the air tests I do just to see if I find any good patterns. I mean, I think, I think it's already, to me, obvious that the older homes because they've had a, a greater amount of time to accumulate the mold load on the home. Right. That those just always, they always have a smell almost. Yeah, it's, a, it's the grandma and grandpa house. The grandma yeah. and grandpa, they always have a smell, and there's always, you know, even if there's no visible mold, you take a test. Do you remember testing the house I just moved into? That's a 1959 uh, house. Yeah. Where we, yeah. Right. That house here. In, I can't in, remember the results, though. Well, every, 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 we took five tests in Kay. the place because you know, when you become, when you get in the mold industry, you're a little hyper-conscientious of what's going yeah. on in the house. <laughs> yeah. So we took five tests. Every one of them had some ketonium. Okay. A couple, of, and, and a couple of them had some stacky. Yeah. The, the numbers weren't crazy high. Yeah. And I didn't see any visible mold. I even did my own mold inspection on the house I'm living in. And I didn't see any mold there. But yeah, then we took these air tests and definitely high numbers. So we remediate, remediated and brought them down yeah. to healthy levels. So. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's probably we're trying. We we have this New Year's resolution to make shorter podcasts, but do them more frequently. So I think in keeping with our goal, this is a good stopping point. It's a great stopping. Let's do. Plus, I'm kind of hungry. So yeah, yeah I'm actually really hungry. Yeah, but but maybe do one review, Mike. If you could just bullet point how to interpret a test for a customer. Um, Recap. The first and foremost, go back to the the uh, thought process of this is just a tool. Um, this should be accompanied with interviewing the customer or the uh, the person who thinks they have mold, getting a back story on the home, a, sh a history of the home, and also um, talk to them about, you know, any kind of health issues they're having um, that might be related to the mold. Use that along or in, in, uh, in uh, along with the mold reports, and then you can make a fairly good assessment of what's going on. Just going in and taking a test and relying solely on those numbers is doing the customer a real injustice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and w but when you're interpreting those, can you recap the three or four yes. things you look at? Yeah, we look for hypho fragments, which tells me that the mold is is active and growing. 
we look for overall counts being just you know astronomical and then we look for marker molds um stacky stacky buttress or ketonium um so even low numbers on those right yeah even low you numbers we really yeah we, we say zero tolerance on the on the marker molds okay so. and then was that it for those that's it yeah okay well oh you know what i we can talk one more real quick thing i i just hit me background debris um yeah that's on every air quality test. yeah background debris they give you a score of one to four meaning how i guess for lack of a better way to explain it how dirty is that cassette when it comes in yeah, or is that slight they're sucking in all kinds yeah, of dust dust and, and yeah grime and pollen you've looked and at those air, air quality slides under the microscope yeah your microscope yeah many, many times, times yeah yeah and they're and they're full of debris so my point is if you get a for example this downstairs bedroom they have a background debris of four well that's that means it had more to the most they gave it a score of one to four four is means it has the most yeah. so what happens is you fill that slide up with debris and then you can't collect any more particulates mm -hmm. so you use that number in a, along with the 1300 and realize that 1300 could actually be much much more it yeah. just there was no room left on the slide for it to stick yeah so um, that's that's an important concept to understand well and is it also true that when those things get really dusty because they're doing a visual right yeah is it yeah is it, does it become increasingly hard to even tell if that is a stacky or oh i think so yeah or an aspergillus or whatever because yeah. there's so much yeah and there's there's been studies released out there where companies have sent basically the same sample into labs and the labs will read them differently and, and so it's it's not an exact science it's not and i guess i could say too i mean often these air samples will, will give retrieve some results about skin cells and pollen. Yeah. Um, from a mold perspective, uh, I don't know that there's that much to be said on those. No, really no value to that. Yeah. But if you have a pollen allergy or something like that, or skin cells can you know, be related to asthma. So there could be some stuff there for you if that's more of your thing. But from a mold perspective, that's just kind of additional information. Yeah. All right. Thank okay. you guys for joining us. And until until uh, next time. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.